Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shani. How are you tonight, Shani? Bridget, I am so fantastic, because guess what? What? We have surpassed 2,000 downloads of Romance at a Glance. Romance at a Glance. That is a very exciting milestone. Uh, if you guys are fans of the podcast and have been with us for some time, you may know that we actually probably are quite a bit higher than 2,000. Uh, but I was being very cheap at the beginning while we were figuring things out. We didn't switch to a proper podcasting service until this February, right before the launch of season two. So I will say that we are probably closer to 3,000, but you know what? We have decided this is our number. So we have 2,000. We thank you all for being here. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's happening. Shawnee, do you want to hear where the people are from? Yes, I need to know. The people are from the United States. Hello, friends here. They are from Canada, Brazil, Ireland, Germany, France, Spain, Israel, India, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, I mean, guys, Luxembourg, a bunch of other European countries have been popping in and out. Hello, our friends over there. Uh, Yeah, it's been very exciting. It's very exciting to see where you all are from. Drop us a line on Instagram at romance at a glance. Let us know where you're from. Talk to the people. It's just honestly super cool to be able to see that not only are people listening, which is just awesome, but also that you're from all different places. It's such a cool thing that book nerds from around the world can now be connected and can enjoy romance together. Oh, yeah, it really is. So tonight, Shawnee, we are talking about Real Men Knit yes. by Juana Jackson. And this is a book that I, as you know, have been hyped on. Yeah. I was very excited to choose it for season three. It's been on my eye. I love the cover. I love the premise. Um, you know, we've been working really hard this season to sort of expand, since this isn't either of our normal genres, we worked really hard this season to expand the types of authors. So not only people of color, uh, but also independent authors Uh, characters of different colors, different pairings, different, you know, we just try to like mix it up because the Black Dagger Brotherhood, close to our hearts, we love it so much, all a bunch of white vampires (laughs) and a bunch of white ladies and all male-female pairings, uh, at least in the books um, up to the point that we uh, read in the podcast, up to book 11. So, oh, that's not true. Quentin and Blake might be... Except for Quinn yeah, Blake. Everyone Blake. else is a male-female pairing. So, so I have a, like, a slight bone to pick. It just, you just reminded me of this, right? Please tell me. And please I think, tell me. And I think a lot of uh, brown people feel this way. Mm-hmm. So um, you have a lot of these artists who are heavily influenced by black music, right? They mm-hmm. love hip-hop. They love R&B. However, they won't get involved in black issues. So when mm. things are going on in the world, you don't hear them speak up. Um, the people that they pick to date and that sort of thing will never be p- people of color. Um, they own, they won't get involved in the community. They'll just take from the community. And the Black Dagger Brotherhood, I always thought this, does that. She always talks about how they listen to a lot of hip-hop in the Black Dagger Brotherhood. And she makes mm-hmm. so many references to the music that they're listening to. But you don't see like very many people of color at all in that series. And I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, why 
like they marry a lot of humans so it doesn't make any sense that like even if you consider that like the scribe virgin made vampires and they all happen to be white um i'm like i can get behind that if that's your world sure whatever but they marry humans and so it, they easily like they mary e- easily could have been literally any anything, other anything any other ethnicity <laughs> except for white you know I mean like any of like bella like any of them could have been anything there's yeah. no real reason why the human women who come into the world aren't um adding a little bit of color because the only people of color really are the trez and will and i was gonna say will i am yeah <laughs> trez and i am <laughs> <laughs> and i think manny manello uh, Manny, yeah, that's true, Manny. Um, but there weren't very many at all. Yeah. So. so anyway, so this season we really focused on it. I'm so excited for this book. Um, for those of you who are not in the U.S. who may not know, every single major city in the U.S. is protesting right now um, because of police brutality and police killing unarmed black people for no reason and using excessive force. There are a lot of looters who were taking advantage of the protest um and so every major city now is under a curfew um i know my friends on minneapolis are under curfew i know atlanta's under curfew i'm i'm sad because this is just like the shittiest thing in the world i'm also slightly hopeful because now that these things are being filmed and brought to light it can actually, like, change can be affected because I feel like five years ago even, two years ago, ten years ago, certainly, and obviously 50, 100, a million years ago, like, these issues were only known by people in that small community. Not only the black community, but just, like, literally, this would only be known by black people in Minneapolis, really. Like, it wouldn't have been known by, you know, people in Atlanta because that's so far away. So I'm hopeful that it will spark change. But I'm also sad because, spoiler alert, I did not love this book. And I really, really wanted to because I want more people to be writing their own stories and writing stories in different communities and writing stories. Because I think the more like you can identify with humanity in literature and in movies and whatever, like I think it helps you or like helps like me as someone who's white, I don't live in Harlem, but if I can identify with that character and I can love that character, then it makes that character human for me. And I think that that is just a good thing across the board that people like can identify with people of other cultures. And I wanted this book to be a five-star read so bad, Johnny, I needed it. And I'm so sad that I didn't think that. And I'm, and I'm wondering what you thought. Yes. So this week has been a very anxious week. It has been a very sad week. Um, It has been a very overwhelming week. I think um, anybody, for anybody, even my, like, like all of my friends, there's just been a cloud over this entire week for anybody in general. Mm -hmm. Anybody I know who's heavily empathic has been royally fucked this week. Um, Mm -hmm. I spent the majority of today crying and not knowing honestly at this moment what to do because one the, um, there were no protests near me but even if there were i couldn't go because i'm immune compromised um 
So I can't do that. I have to find other ways of protesting, which is like mm -hmm. giving money or um, a lot of the music I make is um, specifically for um, le protest leaders. Um, it's supposed to help be rejuvenating and healing for people who are doing that hard work. Um, and sometimes you feel super duper helpless. Uh, but I think that um, for me today, one of the hardest things was that my brother, um, like the sweetest, most gentlest, loving little kid in the world, but he is six foot two. He's my little brother, but he's like 28 or 29 or something now. But um, he's six foot two, has very, very dark skin, um, and he loves to protest. He loves to be... Um, like in the thick of things when things are happening. He loves to document it. Mm -hmm. He's an animator um, and he's a filmmaker. So he likes to document these things. So, you know, he texts this morning, hey, I'm turning off my location services because all of us siblings have a location service on when we do things sometimes so that we feel more comfortable that our siblings know where we are. Um, he's like, I'm turning it off because I don't want the police to be able to use that to track me or anything like that. And... Um, and so I'll just, I'll text you when I come back from the protest or whatever. And for me, like my heart just landed in my vagina. I was just like, uh, like, like, I don't want him to be there. I don't want him to be there. I know LAPD. I know that, um, you know, they instigate riots in LA. The police um, put in people into these peaceful protests to cause violence. They will leave uh, bricks and things like that out trying to get people to use those to throw it, to throw them. They'll, they will use uh, planted people inside of the protest to make it look like the protest is violent. And my brother told me that they marched all the way to Beverly Hills. And when they got to Beverly Hills, they were a peaceful protest. The police started shooting rubber bullets into the crowd and then they tried to say that the protest got violent um, when everybody had to scatter and run and, and whatnot. There's nothing I can do. One, at the moment I'm in Miami. Uh, but two, it's like, it's non-discriminate. My brother is just another, you know, black person ripe to be killed for, for other people. They don't see the value in his life. And I don't trust at all the police to, to ever see the value in his life. Um, so the stress of this week for me has been like, I have not been sleeping. I have been completely like, I like pulling my hair out <laughs> literally. Um, and so it was really actually in a way kind of cathartic reading this book purely because she put in references that I loved that were, that felt like home to me um, in the book. And it just, the timing couldn't have been, I think, better for reading this book. And even though um, I'm with you in the fact that this wasn't my favorite book, um, it still, for me, was great to have, to be reading a book that had representation in it, like in this, in this moment. It was the one little bright spot in my uh, week, you know, that I got to hear the character say that she put her hair in a protective style. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I know I, that was, that was one of my favorite things about the book was the moments that were like, I would never think of 
because that's just like not the reality of my hair or not the reality of like my skincare or or whatever. I really liked all of those. Uh, like when she's when she's showering and she's like, "Cause I am not about to dry my hair all night. This is gonna take forever." So I'm so I'm not getting any water in my shower cap. And like that's so funny because I never taken a shower in my whole life where I didn't get my hair wet. Cause like my hair is so straight, it takes five seconds to dry naturally. Um, if I blow dry it, it literally takes a minute. Like I wouldn't just like not consider that, but I loved that detail about the world, about the character. Yeah, I did. I really, I really did um, enjoy that. And in general, because there we don't have that many authors of color and we don't have that much representation, I ride extra hard when we do. Like, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm here for you. What? How can? How can we make it so that? You know, you're able to keep writing. How can we? I want to see more. Let's let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, a bummer sometimes because I think the weight of the world is on these authors' shoulders because they are repre- they're almost representing for their race because there's just not that many people. And we know the whole the romance scandal, you know, that went down where they weren't picking any authors of color to win. The awards. The Romance Writers of America. Yeah, they only had like 1% or 2% authors of color who were nominated for the top 10 every year um, to win their award, which I believe is a, is a grant, as well as like you get submitted to publishers that they have relationships with. Yeah. And like I would definitely read another one of her books in the future. Yeah. The premise of this book sold me, but also... Again, like, we want to amplify and support in the way that we can. And like you, like, I can't be out protesting tonight. I have a seven-month-old, and she's only breastfed, so, like, I can't leave the house all night. We're donating money and sharing what we can. So I think we should get into the into the, the meat of it. Um, but everyone if you are in a place where that's happening we hope that you are and have been staying safe since this episode won't come out for a while if you do have the means to donate please figure out what organizations are in your area figure out what organizations are nationwide um, to help people who've been incarcerated because they're protesting to help george floyd's family to help uh you know the naacp and anyone else who's doing the prosecuting for free uh, to make sure that in the future, things like this are not going to happen again. And uh, this episode, to me, um, is in honor of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, who was killed by vigilantes while he was out on a jog. I think today we will say, in honor of them, uh, let's get into the episode. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, so today we are discussing Real Men Knit by Kawana Jackson. Um, and you listened on Audible. How was the narration? Oh, awesome. Okay, so I did listen on Audible, and the narrator was Kaylor Lee. I think that's how you say her name. And so she had a really nice, pleasant voice, and I will definitely give her that. I really enjoyed her voice. However, um, this book had... Um, Besides Jesse, he has all these brothers. She did voices for some of the brothers. And then some people she kept in her own voice. And mm. I couldn't tell who was talking sometimes. Mm. And so... That's tough. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of the scenes, 
they were all sort of talking in a row and there wasn't a lot of descriptor in between, even for me reading. So I can see where that would be a problem. Yeah. And it was weird because some brothers, she would make this low voice and talk, you know, whatever. She did it much better than I'm doing right now. But, um, <laughs> and then some she didn't. So it was like, you know, two of the brothers had a deep voice and two sounded like her, a woman. And then that was the same voice she also um, used for the female protagonist here. So I was like, wait, what's, going on <laughs> like, there sometimes i had to rewind and be like who's talking wait okay wait who was talking okay okay i get it now okay cool you know but um a part of me sometimes wanted the book to um follow along with and i was thinking maybe if i had a physical copy that it would be easier um but yeah i did i did have that one issue um but other than that she had did have a lovely voice um so this book is not technically part of a series, um, but I do feel like it could eventually have a book for each of the brothers. Oh, she's definitely gonna have a book for these. She set them up. She described each one of them. She made them. She did. She made them. Each one of them is somebody's different little uh, hot, hot eye candy. Yeah, sure. But weren't you surprised that that there she didn't give wasn't women anything set up? Yeah, like the only other female character was her best friend who maybe kind of got set up a little bit like Damien could be her sort of her yeah. sort of thing, but like not eat they had one interaction together. So there w- wasn't enough where I was like like I'm interested in the brothers but I'm not like I couldn't tell you which brother should be next yes. in line and I couldn't tell you who they should be with or even what type of woman they should be with. Well, so um, which I was a surprised by. So I'm with you in the fact that I was hoping that there would be some other love interest introduced. Doesn't even have to be a woman; just some other love interest. Oh, like that. Valid. That valid. Is, I said woman, but it could be anyone. Know, I said woman too, but the that was orbiting um, the the story. They didn't have to be a big part of the story, but somebody just who just got introduced. Um, the one brother, Lucas, he was the one I thought had the most potential because I, I liked him the most, his personality the most out of the, in the story. Um, yep. And so it would have been nice to, to be teased on a, another book because there's for sure going to be more books. You don't set up this brother, you know, this guy who has four hot brothers and there's, yeah. not, and there's not a, you know. Hot, hot racially diverse, diverse. adopted brothers. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I love the premise of this story. I have to say, I you know, love it so much. You said it, and I agree. I when I saw the cover of the book, one, I loved it. The knitting with the Timberland boots, I thought it was super cute, and the colors were so good. And I the loved that pop. it took place in Harlem. I loved yes. that um, it was super diverse. I love that. I always say like black people and Asian people have uh, have very similar experiences. We also mm-hmm. we also have similar names. I remember I I went on a date with this boy named Jay Kwan, and and when he walked in the door, he was Korean, and everybody was like, "We definitely thought he was black." I was like, "I know <laughs> Koreans have black people names," <laughs> but 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 uh, you know, I I was super hyped for the premise of this story. I I am enjoying that these last two authors that we read had a unique spin on their books uh speaking of the author i have some fun facts because this is the first time we've read her books so before she became an author she was a fashion designer for 10 years oh wow i know and she said her two childhood dreams were being a fashion designer and being a writer so well played kawana jackson you have done (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome well her bucket list is is complete i now now i want to go stalk her instagram and look at all the fashion 
even before she started writing books or as she started writing books, um, she's always been an advocate for equality and diversity in romance. Uh, if you follow the hashtag, we need diverse romance, you can see a bunch of her posts on it. And, and she's always amplifying. I just read an article where she was talking about books that she's excited for. And, uh, you know, the next six books that she was talking about are all different people of color um, and, and characters of color. So, I think that's really great that she's sort of putting her money where her mouth is because she's not only saying, oh, I love, I want diversity, but also she's amplifying other authors' books, which I think is cool. And then another fun fact is that she, this is her first book written under Kiwana Jackson, but she has written 13 other books under K.M. Jackson through an independent publisher. And this book was published with Berkeley Romance. So this is not her first book even though it seems like it is because it's the first one under her, her so, full name, Kwana Jackson. Okay, so there's been a trend, because you know I've been in this audiobook world for a minute, producing them mm-hmm. uh, for at least five years, at least. Um, and all of, the, all of these women authors are using their initials like that. You know, mm-hmm. L.M., J.R. Ward, you know, L.M., Chutney, I don't know, whatever. Like... <laughs> Like, and I'm wondering, you know, I for obvious reasons, I think, okay, maybe they think they'll get taken more seriously if they don't use their, you know, if it's not a woman writer, if they use their initials, it makes it look more like it ambiguous, you know, so more people are likely to pick it up. But when you're writing romance, I mean, women pick it up, like, you yeah. know, so I don't quite understand why the push, but it was a big push. There were so many authors that were using their initials. I am very, very excited that she's using uh, her name um, because why not? She has a badass name. <laughs> she has a bad. She does have a badass name. I, I. Part of me wonders if it's a way to use your real name without. So, like, if I without your I, boss instance, finding pop- out. Right, exactly. Like, if I publish a book as B. Chun, that could be any B. Chun. It's not necessarily me. But yeah. if I publish a book as Bridget Chun, then everyone in my life is like, yo, that's you. Yeah. So I I partially wonder, because, like, Kay Jackson could be fucking anyone in yeah. America. Uh, but Kiwana Jackson, like, there's probably not as many Kiwana Jacksons in the U.S. So that that's kind of my guess. I mean, I think it's the same reason why a lot of romance authors write under pen names, because because they have other jobs or they have families or, you know, historically it hasn't been, um, you know, sort of quote unquote acceptable to write romance or that is very or true. Maybe their families don't approve or whatever, but I definitely, I definitely think that's changing though. I definitely think romance novels are becoming more mainstream. Jane Ann Krenz is Amanda quick. Don't quote me on that. But so <laughs> <laughs> I think under one pen name, she wrote historicals. And on, under the other, she wrote more modern, um, like uh, like spy or action adventure type of um, thing, which is funny because as Jane Ann Krenz, I did not enjoy the books because it's not a genre that I really enjoy in general. Uh-huh. Um, but as Amanda Quick, I was like, I love you. I love these books. They're my favorite. You know what I mean? So I think it's a way to yeah. get people also to read your books when they cross genres. That actually is really smart because if you're like, if you think of yourself as an author brand, um, a lot of people don't want you to step outside of your brand. So it's a way for you to just like be in a different brand. The only like 
troublesome thing, I guess, would be like you have to like maintain sort of two publicity streams. And now in like the day and age of social media, two social media streams and all that different stuff. But I think that's pretty cool. And you yeah. are correct. It is. It is those two names. You are Woo-hoo. correct. So even though we covered it a little bit, I'll give you a quick little rundown of the story. So essentially these four brothers decide to keep their adopted mother's Harlem knitting shop open after she passes away suddenly. And the three other brothers, or older brothers rather, have careers. Uh, One's in finance. One is going on like an international dance tour. One is a hot fireman. And the youngest brother is kind of like the playboy, creative, but has no real path, no real sort of direction, no real job. And he decides that he wants to sort of finally embrace the potential that Mama Joy saw in him and take over the shop. His older brothers are understandably, I think, at the beginning at least, um, like... uh, Skeptical? (laughs) Skeptical. Like, yo, bro, I think this might be too much for you. But uh, they eventually say, okay, we'll give you a few months. And to help him uh, take over the shop, he enlists the heroine, Carrie's help. She kind of was uh, someone from the neighborhood who Mama Joy took under her wing and eventually became kind of like a surrogate mother to her and she worked part-time at the shop for like 10 years or something like that or maybe not quite 10 maybe eight years but for a long long time it was kind of like the little right hand person so it makes complete sense I felt like they oh and she of course has been around the brothers her whole life and has had a crush on Jesse uh who's the same year in school as her her whole life so I thought that they made a really big deal out of her helping, but she's been working there. So it doesn't like, not only did she love mama joy, but she also works at the store. So when they kept being like, Oh, it's such an imposition. I'm like, yeah, except for that. It's her job anyways. And she's loved your mom and is like a part of your family sort of. So I, I thought too much, For me, at the beginning, this book was very slow, and too much of that kept happening. It kept being like, oh my god, it's such an imposition on her, and I'm like, it's really fucking not. It's her job, and she loved your mom and wants the shop to stay open. (laughs) So, like, I felt like that should only have been covered once. Yes. Like, I want to make sure you're not uncomfortable with this, and when she was like, I'm not, of course I'll do it then I feel like it should have never come up again. Yeah. And it, it, it felt like that was the whole book. Yeah. I, I agree. I, um, I was like, why do they keep referencing this? She loved her. She worked at the store. Everybody knows Mama Joy was paying her to work there, even though she didn't really need her to work there. Like, this is a time to give back to your community. I don't, I don't know why we're still talking about this. So, yes, I agree. I also wrote, like, the first line of my... my uh, critique is this book is too damn slow <laughs> so so it was, like it was halfway through the book before they kissed it was more than halfway through the book before they kissed i was like what is happening and nothing happened in the first half of the, half of the book like nothing really happened mm-hmm. it was full nothing of happened. like exposition it was full of like um so much information about where they came from how they got there Da, 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 da. And it was like hand delivered in a way that was for me clunky. Um, yes. I wish it had come yes. out more naturally through their dialogue over the course yeah. of the whole book. 
versus yes, like just like her saying, it. "Do you do you remember that time when X Y Z happened? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Like let's share that memory together." And I, I let's definitely laugh about I it, feel, make it a joke. I feel like even their like the moments that were supposed to feel romantic were them in their minds telling us instead of talking to each other. Yeah. Um, I want to hit you with this, Shawnee. Tell me what hit you me. think. Hit this me. book is not a romance. No. It should be in either. I was Women's fiction. Like, women's fiction, which I don't really understand what that is, but it either. feels like this might be it. Or maybe like if there's like a, a family drama or like family fiction I said or fa- something. I said, I said women's fiction, young adult, or family genre. I actually think that this book was not so bad. What was a a big point against the book is that it's in the wrong it's in the wrong genre. It's in the wrong genre. If this had, yeah, you if can't this, have a romance that's PG thirteen fade to black. Fade like, to, Bridget, I literally wrote. Did they just fade to black? What yes. the actual yes. fuck? I did I not know. come here to be faded to black. <laughs> I did not come out here for all this. First of all, and let me say, I want to say to Kawana that the sexual tension build. I liked the way she was building that tension. I like when uh, when uh, uh, she's sitting on his lap. I like I like that. Okay, I thought, okay, this has some potential. Okay, okay, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. The next day. What? What? Immediately cut to the next. And not even like, remember that one book we read where it cut to the next day, but then they like spent the day remembering it? Yes. So it was like annoying that it cut to the next day, but at least you got some tidbits of what happened because they like remembered the lips on the skin and then they remembered the blah 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 and you're like okay okay we're that's kind of sexy that they're like heated glances and they're both remembrance and now they're both frisky times gonna happen again but yeah this what this was just it just didn't feel like a romance which unfortunately reflected in my review because again if you're telling me it's a romance i'm expecting a romance and i definitely didn't feel like certainly in the first half of the book maybe even the first two-thirds of the book i didn't feel like it was a romance yeah I didn't feel like that happily ever after at the end was really earned by either character. No. Well, I mean, for me, there was so, there was so much that was missing. Um, I said that this book felt like a prequel, right? So like when it ended, I was like, wait, the story's done. Like that's the end. Like it didn't make Mm -hmm. any sense that that's where it ended. It didn't seem like a full story. It seemed like a Mm -hmm. few chapters before the real story should begin. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that they earned it. I didn't think that there was romance. They didn't date. They didn't do anything other than fuck, which we didn't even get to see because it was faded mm-hmm. to black, you mm-hmm. know? And I was like, wait, what? what's going on? It, they just had the dynamic in the shop. And that was a whole lot of nothing. It was and all- they didn't even get into, like, and, like, they could have made the shop in and, like, them getting sandwiches. Like, they could have made that the romance. Yeah. If... If while they're in the shop, they talked about Mama Joy, which they never talked about Mama Joy. They never shared. At multiple points in the story, each one of them was in their own head remembering how sad they were. Like, one of the times he saw her crying and he, like, didn't go in and comfort her. And But, like, they never talked about how much they loved her. They never talked about her laugh. They never talked about how she ran the shop. Like, they didn't bond over that, which I thought was, like, a real missing for me. Because if you're going to date someone like of course you would be sharing about that and then like they didn't share about their hopes and dreams like 
all no. of the that quote unquote conflict, which there really didn't feel like there was any, but like the conflict of the story was that neither of them were honest about their feelings. Like she never said, like, I've had a crush on you since I was 14 years old and you used to sit next to me while we knitted. And like, those were like the best moments of my youth. Like, and now that you're here and you're a man, like, I'm afraid because you've been just fucking around with all these chicks. And like, I don't think I can do that. Like, I think you'll break my heart. He never said to her, like, my mom dying made me realize that. You're like, I don't want to do that shit anymore. And I want to be the man she thought I could be. And blah, blah, blah. Like none of that ever happened. Like in their minds, they said like she I don't I'm not even convinced she wanted the job at the center. Yeah, I felt like she just took the job because that was what she's supposed to do. Like it was adulting. Offered. Yeah. Yeah. But I wrote down. I think Carrie's about to get stuck with a fuck boy. Like. I actually <laughs> didn't feel any chemistry between these two characters at all. At all, no chemistry. He no didn't. Chemistry. He didn't inspire any sort of lust in me. He didn't. Nope. Like I was just like, oh, this is an immature boy, and nowhere along the line, other than him taking responsibility for the shop and saying he wants to do it, that was the only moment. That was the only thing of growth, really, that I saw in him. And I, I wanted to see more of his process. I thought so much of the book was one dimensional. I there was all this talk, all this like, um, you know, the front loading of information in the beginning of the book, and none of it helped create dimension for the characters. This book did one thing that I just greatly dislike, which is it puts in a villain, it puts in a one dimensional or a zero dimensional villain. Okay, mm-hmm. and so I think her name was Erica. Mm-hmm. You know, the girl who's after Jesse, she comes mm-hmm. in and she's just full bitch, full bitch mode, you know, full bitch. full bitch mode. But it reads as a stereotype in a caricature. It doesn't read as a nuanced person who is coming yeah. in with an underlying jealousy. Maybe she's she's trying to be polite, but it's there's a passive aggressiveness to it. Yeah. She was just or over like, th- or like she wants him and they fucked a few times and she's like hey, your mom died and I want you. And he's like brushing her off and she's like hurt and confused and overstepping. Sure, people do that all the time, but I agree 100%. She felt so unnecessarily catty. Yeah. And like immediately is mean to Carrie, but Carrie lives in the neighborhood. She lives in the neighborhood. Like, if she's been around the shop before, she would know Carrie works there. So, like, it didn't make sense. Like, there was no... She didn't, like, walk in on them hugging because they were thinking about Mama Joy. She didn't, like, see him, like, brush something off Carrie's shoulder. Like, she didn't witness anything that she yeah. should be jealous of, I didn't think. It was just... I was just like, I was like, why? Why is this... You know, and I think that it's a missed opportunity. You know, people, yes, people come, they can be jealous, they can be possessive. How do they show that? How does that actually Mm -hmm. manifest in real life? Nobody, look, as somebody who's a blunt individual, nobody else says what they're really thinking. The reason people I think are my friend most of the time is because I say exactly what I'm thinking. Like, but I encounter people all the time who, especially like my sister, we joke about this all the time. She will tell you everything but what she's actually thinking. And you have to decipher Mm. through the bullshit to get to it. Mm. So Mm. if you have this character who wants this guy um, and is feeling some type of way, how would she show that? What is the passive-aggressive ways that would come out? What are the those little nuances of of language? And I think that's what makes sophisticated writing. I think that, for me, this 
this the writing of this book did not feel very sophisticated and it felt clunky at times because mm-hmm. because of that um yeah and and he didn't in terms of like your point about him not moving you as a character he didn't say to her hey like this isn't gonna happen like i know we had sex i know that i like sort of took solace in you physically but like i'm just not interested in you as a potential partner or or whatever or i I don't want to continue this or however you know but like he doesn't ever like he's like well, maybe next time, you know, wait for me to call you back. And I'm like, cool, but that's not telling her I'm never going to call you back. Yeah. And then, like, that brings to mind in the future when, so the shop is opening and they're getting a whole bunch of bad comments on their social media campaign from all of these women that he's, like, fucked around with and clearly, like, slighted and wronged because they're all, like, petty enough to comment negatively on the relaunching of his dead mom's shop and he goes on sort of like an apology tour and talks to you know like apologizes for his behavior explains what's happening invites them to the opening and i thought that was a nice moment of growth that he acknowledged a he was wrong went and apologized invited them to the shop which i thought was nice but i didn't like that the reason that came about wasn't him all of a sudden realizing like, oh, the way I feel about Carrie is different. I don't want to hurt her. I realize I hurt all these other people and I need to fix that before I can start with her. Yeah. It was like, oh, this threatens our business. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, that's a, I mean, it's not, not a reason. It's just like in a romance novel, not the reason, like I want the reason to be not like fully about the heroine necessarily, but I want it to be more related to her for sure. <laughs> like <laughs> my partner said to me one day, he was like, Hey, I need to take um, the weekend to be by myself. Right. So like, and we do this all the time because I'm a person who likes to go radio silent. I might need three days not to talk to anybody in order to like recharge my battery. So I'll tell him that I'll be like, you know what? I need a couple days of radio silence. So he said to me, like, hey, I need the weekend, um, you know, just radio silent. I just got to process some things. Come Monday, I find out, we talk, and I find out that he spent the weekend, like, basically coming up with a plan for having me in his life. He's like, to this point, I've been a boy. I've been doing boyish things. I, you know, I've just, I've let things slide. I've not been on top of my finances. I've not been on top of this. I've not been on top of that. I've not been on top of my taxes. He's like, he's like... And I was so shocked. I was really shocked as he was talking to me. He was like, he's like, you're a grown ass woman. If I want you in my life, I need to make sure I have these things in place. So I had to take the weekend to get myself mentally prepared and make the list for all the things I need to change in order to make this work. And I was like, my nigga. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, my dude, I mean, like how, uh, like, I couldn't even, I didn't even know what to say to that. It was like the sexiest thing anybody has ever said to me ever in life. I thought that's beautiful. I would have loved for Jesse to say something like that to Carrie. Like when she's like, because she says like really late in the book, I thought maybe it was only like halfway through, but it felt kind of late. She said, as if a runner like you could ever hold or be held down. And he's like, I think it was pretty late in the book. And he's like trying to like, 
tell, like, he's kind of trying to, like, tentatively tell her that he's interested. I believe they had already at least made out at this point. If not, I think they had already had sex at this point. I'm pretty sure. And first of all, harsh, harsh as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not true. Just harsh. Yeah. And secondly, he didn't like, not only did he not defend himself in that moment, but he also didn't come back to her and say like, you know what? You're right. I haven't been, wanting to hold anyone down. I haven't been worthy of being held, but I want that with you. I want, you know, all these things. And like, I would have swooned. I would have been like, Oh, look at this This is all starting to happen. (laughs) Uh, and it, and it didn't. And I was, I don't know. I like, I just wanted, I just wanted more Shani. Yeah. I wanted more from this story too. I know that some people like a slow burn. Uh, I don't like slow burns. However, I will accept them. If what you give me, at the end of it is a 10 out of 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I felt like it was all this buildup, right? And then finally they get to that little, the little, their little sexy scene or whatever. And then I got nothing out of that. I got very little out of the romance. I thought it would have been really uh, mature of Jesse to take her on a proper date, set up a proper mm-hmm. date, that sort of thing. Um, I don't, I don't really know what to do sometimes with stories where nothing happens. Like, um, yeah, where there's no real conflict. There's no real. I, I didn't think they had a real conflict. I didn't think that they had something driving them apart. Really. Nope. It felt very thin at best. Very thin. Um, yeah. And I thought like their general lack of communication and just like sh- her like. Re- like refusal to like it was hard for me to root for her or for the romance when she wasn't rooting for the romance or herself so she was constantly saying like well you and your brothers well like she was never she never like wanted like she never risked her heart or her and I as the as the reader never felt like her heart was in it because she never told, like, she, I mean, like, I guess in her mind, she's like, oh, but I, I really like him. But it's like, but do you? I don't know. I, I wanted to, there, I remember this book, this movie I watched, um, Feast of Love, which came out in, I don't know, I was certainly in college, so 2006, 2005, something like that. And there's a scene where two uh, people who are early 20s are laying in bed and he asked her, what are you thinking about? And he's, like, spooning her from behind. They just had, like, super hot sex and, like, are both beautiful and, like, sweaty. And he's like, what do you see in the future? And she's a little embarrassed at first. And she, like, turns towards him. And he's like, tell me what you see when you think about our future. And she turns back away from him. It's a beautifully acted scene. And she says, I see a big house with a staircase going up the middle and a bunch of kids. And like, and like tear, like a tear, like rolls down her face. And it's so beautiful because the vulnerability of telling someone, I see a life with you is everything. Like that's the romance. That's the moment. It's like this, I mean, like, the the character saying like I want you and all your flaws and all the goodness and all the badness like I see that going somewhere like that isn't here and that I missed because I felt like the premise was so cool and I really saw 
I, or at least I thought I knew what was going to happen in the book, Johnny, because she has an art therapy degree. Mm-hmm. They do art at the shop. I was like, oh, well, logically, he's going to convince her. that, Like, why would you work at this community center? Like, your passion is art therapy. Like, open that here. Do that here. Have that be a part of the revamp. That, like, you're helping pe- heal people in the community. That little boy was having trouble with bullying. I was like that's going to be our first person. Like, I, I was like, I was like, okay, I love this. They're going to like work together. That would have been toge- so They're going to be like a pillar of the community together. They're going to be, that would have been like, they're so both going to, like, cute. he's finally going to say like, it's not me and my brothers. It's, it's you and me. It's us. Like, what are we going to do with the shop? Like, I wanted that. I wanted that vulnerability. I wanted that yeah. togetherness. And I never felt like either one cared enough about the other person to risk anything yeah and so i i never got invested in them as a couple it's it's weird because so i definitely hear that and that was a a big part of the book where i was like ah but in real life i've experienced that i mean i feel like um up until very, you know, not that long ago in my life, it was very hard to be vulnerable. So when people were talking, would say stuff, I'd be like, well, if, well, if, you know, well, if, you know, like, and, and my partner now always talks in the we. Uh, when I first got sick and I was like, I felt super bad. I like, my self-esteem took a hit because I was like, yo, he didn't sign up for this. I did not know this was going to happen. And I didn't like, you know. No, he's like, well, one, thanks for telling me this, because I was like, look, I'm just going to tell you, I have this huge insecurity right now. And um, he was like, one, you know, I know that this is hard for you. Thank you for telling me. Um, But two, he's like, now we have data. We're gaining, getting data, figuring out what's going on, you know. And then every time I would have a doctor's visit, he would always say, so how was our doctor's visit? Or when are we going to the doctor next? Even though he wasn't going to the doctor visit with me, but he would always mm-hmm. say it that way. He's gonna he's gonna be one of those people. If you ever decide to have a kid, he's gonna be like, "We're pregnant." We're pregnant. Here to be like, "Go fuck yourself." I'm doing all the work you're doing. <laughs> fuck off. We might be having a baby, but I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but for me, it was always hard to to um, make that presumption, um, especially without a real conversation. So when we started having conversations about the future and things like that um, and making plans, then it felt for me more natural to be like we. But it took me a minute to get to get there. Sure. But you have to have those conversations like they didn't have any. That's my point is I agree with you. Like, it's so hard to be vulnerable. It's so scary. But you have to say like, yo, like, one day I imagine our beautiful little children running around this store learning to knit. What do you think? Like, I don't, like, I don't know. I, yeah. Can I tell you something funny about the book that I had to reread a chapter about? Yes. So when they first were introducing her with the brothers, um, at one point there was kind of like a weird vibe in the writing, at least the way I was reading it, between her and Lucas. And... And then obviously, like, she had already said, oh, I have a crush on Jesse. So at first I was like, oh, my God, did she have a childhood crush on Jesse? But Lucas is going to be the brother. That's for her. Because that totally has happened before. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I see where that's going. That's cool. And then I was like, oh, wait. Like, 
is this a Minaj thing? Because like she has like a really separate but interesting relationship with Lucas and Jesse. <laughs> and then I was like, and then that no, nothing ever came. It was just that one chapter, and I was like, oh, apparently I was just reading. I was trying to like make the the book more exciting than it was because, and and you know, I always want no there to be Bridget. Minaj, okay, so. so I'm so glad you said that because that is exactly how I felt. I was like, really? yes. Okay, so they introduced Jesse, and I was like, okay, I'm going along. And then Lucas comes, and he's way more interesting to me. He's and yeah. their their little you know thing that, that their little banter and whatever was way more interesting to me. And I was like, oh, even even though I read the synopsis and knew it was Jesse, I was like, oh, maybe it's Lucas. Like I know. I was way more excited for their pairing than for Jesse and her pairing. And. At the end of the day, I didn't buy it. I did not buy their pairing. I did I th- not buy it. I see them breaking up the chapter after this book ends. <laughs> and then she'll date Lucas. And then she'll date <laughs> Lucas. Maybe we should make her around to all the brothers. I see a menage coming. Yes. Yeah. Did Kawana, you? right? A menage. Okay. <laughs> so to... Okay. So when Lucas got upset that they... So one of the scenes I thought was funny was when... Damien and then the rest of the brothers catch them in bed together after their first morning together. Oh, yeah. And they come in and Damien's like, my good sheets. And the rest of the brothers are like, Noah's like, what's going on? Oh, hey, guys. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and Lucas is like upset. And I don't feel like that loop ever closed for me. Maybe I just like missed it or something. But like, was he supposed to be upset because he liked her? Or was he supposed to be upset because he was worried Jesse was going to fuck it up, fuck up the shop, and, like, she wasn't going to be sort of part of their quasi-family anymore? Yeah. I mean, I assumed that it was the the latter. Jealousy? That oh, no. You you assume it was the... Well, okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I assumed that all of them were upset because they had said it, that Jesse was, you know... I just chalked it up to, the, to that. Um, okay. But I think... I think for them, it showed immaturity in him. He's trying to say, hey, I'm so mature. I'm so mature. I can run this shop. And then he's banging the one, only one person who's helping them stay afloat in this process. I know. You know what would have been a cool uh, or more like sexy, more tense filled thing would have been that he doesn't like on purpose doesn't sleep with her. Like she's like clearly interested. They're vibing. And they keep having that moment where like they're right about to kiss. And he's like. I can't, like, the shop's really important. Like, I promised my brothers. And, like, both of them are, like, the sexual tension is just, like, they are mounting. That's a great idea, Bridget. And then they have, like, the big opening and the grand opening. Everything goes great. And they're having, like, some drinks afterwards. And then, you know. I think that's a great idea because we could have got more romance earlier in the story. Yep. Yep. So the slow burn would have felt... Even better. Would have felt. Would have burned. Yeah. Like I felt really like it was just burned. slow. I don't feel like it was burning me. Yeah. I don't like either. It was. It was just slow. But yeah. I felt yeah. like. Um, but that would have been really great, and that way you could have got a little bit of romance and stuff in the beginning. I think a good growth moment would have been for him to be like, "Oh, I'm serious about her. I, she's not just another person that I'm that I'm fucking. Let me mm-hmm. take her on a date. Let me show her some romance. Let me do some yeah. sweet things for her. You know." Like, like you said, like convincing her also like, hey, to be like, hey, you have you have the run of the space here. If you want to do art therapy, if you want to start your own thing, if you want to be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. Lord knows black women are the highest percent of entrepreneurs out there on the market. You know what I'm saying? So like I I thought that he never he never asked her what she wants to do, at least 
I don't remember that happening. He never says, like, what do have... you want to do? He just, in his mind, assumes she doesn't want to work at the shop anymore and that he's holding her back. He yeah. never says, like, hey, do you want to keep working here? Hey, do you, like, love it here? Like, Yeah, I just felt they didn't have important conversation, you no. know? And then you can't have, you cannot have a relationship, you know, that can sustain the amazing race <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you don't have good conversations. Um, and those conversations, I think, are sexy. I think that they are world-building. I think they they mm-hmm. allow me as the reader to feel like these characters are invested in each other because they've taken the time to have, you know, a real conversation. I just want to talk about a couple of things that we did like before we move into the ratings. The little old ladies, I would have liked to have seen more of them yeah. or, like, hear, hear them talk more, be more a part of the story. Um, I thought it was cute that they all, like, donated money to help save the store. I loved that they, like, knew about the loan right away and that they were, like, clearly, like, those little old ladies who just, like, know everyone's business and, like, give zero fucks because they're old and just do whatever they want. I love them. I always think those are, like, fun characters and fun people to know in real life. Uh, what were some other things that you really liked about the book? Um, so I really liked that the book took place in Harlem. Um, mm-hmm. I loved that. I don't think I've ever read a romance novel that took, that took place in Harlem. Um, mm-hmm. I loved that it was men, hot men, knitting. Um, mm-hmm. I loved that, uh, yeah, I just liked that it was a cute, sweet story. And it showed um, brown people being how we all, how we are, you know, regular Mm -hmm. i remember a a woman telling me like oh okay i live in a town where there where we just don't have any black people she says so the only thing i know is from what i see on tv and i'm like that is dangerous Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not good yeah highly highly dangerous so um i love just seeing this sweet little you know thing um this a little bit reminds me of my brother he my brother has his girlfriend is japanese and they're like the cutest little sickly, sickly sweet little love, you know, fast. They're both drummers and the things they do together are just so cute. Um, and this story kind of got me in the feels like that with like the premise of it um, and whatnot. What did you think about the ending where he goes to her school or her community center or wherever she is with his brothers and essentially like grand gestures her let me tell you what i think first because everyone you can't see shawnee right now but she just sighed about 10 times and she's like trying to figure out how to put it in where i'll tell you what i think i think the more beautiful grand gesture for her character would have been if he helped errol become sort of like the big man on campus by showing that knitting is like hot. All the girls would love them because they're like super hot, tall, you know, one's a firefighter. One's a, you know, they're all these like sexy dudes coming and they're all like, if they like knitted and like while he was giving the speech, the other two were just knitting and all the girls were like, and then they realized that Errol knows how to knit. So now Errol's like the sexiest little boy for all the little girls. And those other two douchebags who were like, bullying him got put in their place and he didn't bring any attention to her and he did it not to like force her to acknowledge him or like force her hand but just to like 
he knows she's been worried about this kid all summer or for the last few weeks or whatever. I'm going to say that again because I whacked my mic. He knows that she's been worried about this kid for the last few weeks. And so he comes because he cares about that kid and he cares about the community. And then she then could like come back to the shop after that and be like, I realize you've grown. We belong together. Let's bang every day. For me, there were some things that were left un kind of wrapped up or they didn't need to be wrapped up. It just, the story ended at a spot to me that it didn't feel it like an ending. I agree. Um, and so that I think was the hardest part for me. I, I literally did a double take as I was listening to my phone. Like when it ended, I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Wait, that's it? Yeah, it's you know. almost like they got to a certain point and the editor was like, well, you only have uh, 3,000 words left, so... So wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I felt. I, and I did think yeah. that they they set it up to help that little boy. Like, it felt like they were going to help him in that last scene. And then... Mm-hmm. And it, like, kind of happened? It was like, meh. I mean, I felt like they could have bossed him up and they and they didn't and I just I was like like, he could have been like if any of you are thinking about knitting talk to Errol he's one of our best knitters even though he clearly is not great at it who gives they could have just yeah yeah Uh, something anything but it actually felt like I felt like they more like kind of let it down like Mm -hmm. so so that's how I felt about the ending and what happened so like he goes he kisses her they're gonna be together but like is she going to work at the shop? Is she going to take this full-time job? Is she going to do art therapy ever? Like, Yeah, I was unclear if she was going to take that job and continue working at the shop. Um, if she was going to continue. If she was going to move back home. Is she going to keep living with him? Is she going to... Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening? I, I needed yeah. more information, you know? Yeah. And I felt like they wasted a lot of words at the beginning of the book when they needed to be at the end of the book. I'm actually very interested to read more from this author um because even though she wrote a bunch of books under a different name she's still very much a new author to me um Mm -hmm. the other books are not that they're not very long they're not like you know i i still think she has a lot of growth opportunity and i can tell she has good ideas so i think that's the premise right now i'm so interested in reading stories that are just have a different spin on ideas I'm tired of reading the same old stories over and over mm-hmm. and over again. The fact that some of these authors are creating new scenarios that I haven't read before off the bat interests me, and I want to see where they're going to go. Um, I do think um, I think this is the first book that she's ever put out that has uh, a major imprint, that she has um, a bit of a machine behind her. I don't know how big the machine, but, you know, it's, I mean, it's Berkeley, Berkeley romance. So. so she's got a bit of a machine behind her. Um, and so I just kind of, once you have a machine mm-hmm. behind you, I have different standards for what I expect out of a story um, and, and your book. Um, I and I do feel like, I mean, I don't know how many people read this book before it gets to out to the people. But I feel like, you know, a couple good, a couple good reads could have told you that there's not much going on in this book. Well, if it definitely felt like there, I, I mean, I don't know whether it was rushed. I don't know what the story was, but I definitely felt like an editor at a major publisher should have minimally smoothed the sort of clunkiness and the tempo of the book. I had a conversation with my sister uh, 
a couple of days ago as I was reading this. Um, and I was like, I was talking to her and I was like, oh, it hurts my heart. Just as a black girl to one of the few black authors, it hurts my heart to not like this book. <laughs> it just does, you know. Mm-hmm. And never for a minute was I like, oh, I'm going to give, I'm not going to review this how I feel. But my sister, I think, thought that I might, mm-hmm. you know. And so she was like, she was like, um, Shawnee, you, you got to give her a review like anybody else. And I was like, I know, I know. She's like, she's like, no, she's like, all these people out here, she's like, all these white authors, they submit their shit and they get ripped a new one and they become better authors. She goes, sometimes to fill quotas mm-hmm. and things like that, people just want uh, people of color and they're not telling them where they can grow or have growth opportunity and that sort of thing. So stuff gets by mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I've seen this in action so many times. And I don't know if it's for that reason or, or another, but I don't think anybody's doing her a service by not telling her. Um, I think that she has the potential to be a dope-ass writer, um, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, here we go. Once you have a machine behind you, we go, we going in. <laughs> yeah, we're going in. All right, well, before we go in on the full ratings, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with our hero and heroine ratings. All right, Shani, hit me with it. What did you think about Carrie, our heroine? I gave Carrie a two. Um, <laughs> I was sad to give her a two. I did like that she had a, a little bit of a backbone, um, that she had her own, mm-hmm. like her own stuff. She, she had her own apartment. She had her own job. I love that she was loyal to her community and that sort of thing. Um, but that's kind of where it stopped for me because I didn't, I honestly didn't feel like I knew enough about Carrie really to give her a f- like a proper rating. Like I felt like she was mm-hmm. an incomplete character and as such was almost like, you know, a caricature in a way. Like she just, I needed more to, to fall in love with Carrie. I agree. I gave her a two also. And my biggest thing was that it was hard to root for me or hard for me to root for her uh, when she did not believe in their love or the potential of their love either um because again this is a romance i mean if she was just a character in a book maybe she would have gotten a three maybe uh but to your point like i i still don't know did she want that job or not it kind of feels like no but she took it anyways and it's not like she took it because she had to because she could still work other places and she had the art therapy degree so yeah anyway so i i gave her a two i gave her a two also <laughs> Okay, what did you give uh, Jesse Strong? I also gave him a two. Um, I just feel like his descriptor had me. Like, if you looked at the cover of that book and the description of that book, I would have been like, five stars. That's a five-star book for me. Five-star boy. Um, But he just felt so flat. He never, like, in his mind, he, like, never feels good enough. He doesn't feel like he deserves any love. He doesn't feel like anyone loves him. Which, like, I get because of his childhood trauma and then he was you know, in foster care, but then he was adopted pretty young because he's the youngest of the brothers. I think they said he was eight. Um, And like Mama Joy, he even describes throughout the book that Mama Joy was the person who understood him, that she loved him no matter what, that she believed in him and his creativity. So it's like what I was being told about his like insecurities in his mind, but then what he was also telling me about his experience were not matching up. 
And so that, like, just got to be a lot, like, over the course of the book when he, like, clearly kept getting more clear evidence that he was loved and that he was worthy and did have good ideas. Like, I don't feel like he evolved the way it could have. Um, I mean, I liked that he made amends, didn't like the reason that was because of business. Um, I, I just didn't like that he was not willing to talk to her honestly. He wasn't willing to be the vulnerable one. Uh, even when he knew she was hiding her feelings from him, he wasn't willing to be the one to like, like lay it out and be like, look, I was a fuck boy, but here's why I'm not going to be, and here's my actions. And like, it's okay if you don't believe me at first, but I'm going to prove it to you. Like he never, he never came up and did any of that for me. So he was a two. I gave him a two as well. Oh man, we we match. Are are we matching? Are we matching today? So rare, so so rare for us. So exciting. Um, I gave him a two as well for all the reasons um, that you said. I thought Jesse was like super blah. I thought that um, one of the things that always gives me a point off, and this is probably just from my own personal experience and my personal bias, when guys don't shut things down hard, they lose a point for me. When mm-hmm. when homegirl was lingering around and circling or whatever, like a yep. vulture, that should have been shut down hard. And if he was really serious yeah. about about this about Carrie and he really wants to be with Carrie and he likes Carrie, then like and she's there yeah. when the girl is there. If yeah. The, I want you to shut that shit down yes, so hard. Carrie needed to see him. Kick that girl out. Carrie needed to see him shut it down. I agree. And and so like for Especially me, when she caught them together at the beginning. Like, yeah. he needed to, the next time, be like, that's never going to happen again. I, I'm so sorry. Like, never want to see you again. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, like, why Why couldn't she have come? He could have turned her away, but then gotten drunk by himself because he was depressed. So there's, she's still cleaning up after him. He's hungover. But, like, at least he didn't, like, fuck a woman that she has to, like, watch walk out of there. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. Um, it, it, it always um, goes against... Um, me feeling like the connection between the main characters when there's somebody else in the story who was actively sexually involved with that character. I know that's real and, life. People do it all unless, the time. Unless, like, he's a rake and that's, like, part of the trope and the character, which obviously this was not really that. Um, then I'll forgive it, especially in, like, a historical sense. Yeah. Because, because then I expect that person to have the charisma. I expect them to be, like, seducing that woman. I expect yes. that character Absolutely. to, like, put the game on hard. Like, if you're a rake and that's who you're telling me, like, if he's a playboy, then, like, why isn't he fucking seducing this shit? I want to hear the... I want to hear him... That's what I'm her. saying. I want, him, I want him to like whisper in her ear. I want him to like, like spool the yarn around her fingers in like a fucking ghost ass sexy way. Listen, uh, Bridget. You know, I mean, so it. I, I have a lot of brothers, right? And I have one brother who legitimately, he's a narcissist. Like you can't convince me otherwise. But when we were in <laughs> high school, he slept with everyone. He got every girl to fuck him, and they mm-hmm. all knew each other. We're fucking him. And it did mm-hmm. not matter. He had such a suave to the way he spoke. And I remember mm-hmm. coming out of my bedroom at night and he had snuck girls into the house. And mm-hmm. there was a girl waiting in my hallway who I was in class with. So I walked out. I was like, Jessica? And she was just standing there. And it turns out she was just waiting her turn in the hallway 
That's like, fucking crazy. And my, <laughs> my brothers were in there. My brother and his friend from school were in there doing what that what they was doing. And I I just remember thinking, like, what the hell? But then what really blew my mind was one day he's sitting in front of me and this girl calls him and she's mad because she finds out that he's sleeping with all these other girls. And mm-hmm. I can hear her side of the conversation. She's cursing him a whole new one, Bridget. <laughs> Huh. And he just suaved that conversation so well that by the end of it, she was begging him to get back together. And I watched this happen in real time. It was like, what the fuck? What the? In the actual mother- <laughs> Like, it was, blew my mind. With Jesse and somebody who has a lot of brothers and this being like all these boys in this, in this house, like, mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity for some suavecito. Like, there's so mm-hmm. much... Um, so mm-hmm. many moments where I'm like, he could have put it on her, you know? And you're right, mm-hmm. because in historicals, I will allow, like, when if it's a rake, a reformed rake or whatever, that sort of thing, I will allow it. But usually it comes with some really hot, like, there's a purpose for him being a rake. He's good at what he does, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And he knows but, how to give her, and you know he knows how to give the pleasure. Yeah. And she's going to get the pleasure. But even, they're going yeah. to gonna get it. But even in their, in their um, foreplay scenes, he was kind of awkward, you know? So awkward. And I was like... They were both... I put that in my notes like four times. They were so awkward with each other. And that is not romance for me. No. Like, I would forgive awkwardness in the first quarter of the book. Maximally the first third. But after that, like, I need some... I Like... Yeah, I just needed more romance if it was going to be romance. I I thought Mick Steamy to Mick Dreamy. I mean, I guess he was supposed to be Mick Dreamy, but <laughs> he's just, I didn't like I, him. I put Jesse Strong, a Mick probably a fuck boy. <laughs> I didn't even come up with a clever one because I was just like, he's not a romantic lead for me, so yeah. I refuse. <laughs> yeah, and, and even when I was trying to say, like, classy to nasty, this... Honestly, vanilla, vanilla PG thirteen fade to black. Yes. This was not. This book would have been good for me if I was seventeen years old. This would have been one of the first books I was ever reading, and this would have been tantalizing, tantalizing. Or, or if I just, for me. or if I just was more interested in like the familial dynamics, I was more interested in the community, that, and I didn't. I wanted the ro- like romance is fine if it's there, but that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. Because, like, if, I, if someone had recommended this book to me in that space, then I would have been reading it through a completely different idea. And I would have been fine with the fact that the romance was not the center, certainly of the first half of the book. And I would have been like, oh, okay, cool. This is just about the shop. It's about the brothers. It's about the yes. community. If this was fiction. Banding together. If this yeah, was just this straight fiction. Regular fiction. Yeah. And then I would have given this a much different rating. But yeah, but if agreed. you tell me it's romance, you gotta give me the romance. You better give me that romance. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I mean to that point that I I I did choose one line in the book that was sexual or about romance, just because I felt like I had to. What is it? Um, my favorite line of the book was uh, when the brothers walk in and Jesse's like, "This is getting ridiculous." Jesse said, "What are you all doing here? And why are you all in Carrie's doorway?" And they're all just like, like, it's not like a typical thing where you walk in, you see someone's fucking or has just recently fucked and you're like, whoops, and walk out. They're like, they all like kind of barge in and are like, what's going on here? I want like, and they feel, 
like that moment, I was like, oh, that's that. I wish that book was that moment where they all feel like a proprietary uh, ownership of her as theirs. Like, yeah. no, but she's my carry girl. She's she makes me sandwiches and she's my friend who knits with me and she's my little sister. And she like they all feel like us like I wanted them all to have a separate but strong bond with her that felt each one I could define very well. Oh, he treats her like a little kid sister. He treats her like an older sister. He treats her like a mom. Yeah. And like, they all have their, and like that little scene for me was like probably my favorite scene in the whole book. Um, and it would help in future books, right? Because Carrie is still going to be there in future books. So when Lucas gets a girlfriend, she's going to, he's going to have to run it by Carrie, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or she's she's the closest thing to a mom that they have, so they go for all their girl advice um, or whatever. Like, it can create so many... It opens so many doors for different um, dynamics later on. Um, I just... I felt like this the book was a missed opportunity um, in a lot of ways because, like, there's so many... Where, there's just so many ways that the story could have gone that would have been more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But, Yeah. What was your favorite line? Did you have one? I did. I picked this line because it was just relevant uh, to me in general. Uh, Mm -hmm. It said, uh, it had softened her. Softened her towards Jesse in a way she honestly didn't want to be softened. In a way that wasn't quite safe. And so I just... I liked that. I liked that line. That was a good one. Yeah. I liked that. Like that idea of like fighting your feelings, knowing it's happening and knowing that this is going to hurt or probably going to hurt. So Yeah. I liked that. Uh, my other one was, if you go and get all up in your head now and leave me to finish myself off, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was just funny. But also, like, basically sums up the book for me. Like, you guys are already, like, mid-fuck, and you can't even get over the awkwardness and get out of your own ways to, like, let us enjoy this with you. Yeah. I'm always super astounded by the idea that people can actually be having sex and not be able to have difficult conversation. Like... My, I talk all the time while I'm having sex. Like, well, like, not, I no, get, no, I get like, not while you're having sex. I'm not talking about, oh. while, I'm saying have difficult conversations and also independently of that be having sex, right? So my sister would always be like, um, I would always ask guys, like, what's your credit score? What's your financial history? Like, if we're going on a date, I want to know these things, okay? And my sister would be like, Shawna, you can't ask that. And I was like, oh, I'm all about it. But his it. penis is going to be it. in my vagina. And I can't ask that? All about it. Like, that don't make any sense to me. And the fact that of the matter is, if they're fucking, they should be able to have some of these uncomfortable conversations. That's just how I feel about it. Especially once you decide that that person... So, like, I've had sex with people that, like, I don't even know their last name because I don't care. I just want that D. But if it's someone that I'm intending to see more than once, and certainly someone I'm intending to have sex with long term then that is 100% shit I bring up. Yeah. And, like, with my husband, when we went on our second first date before we started dating, like, or we started, so, like, he picked me up. We were supposed to go on our second first date that night because we had gone on a date. I friend-zoned him for six months. Then he told me he was really into me, that he really wanted to date me for real. So I was like, we got to go on a proper date. There has to be touching. There has to be kissing because we have to see if, like, we already know we're best friends. We already know that shit's working. We need to make sure that... The touching doesn't feel weird and, like, whatever, that's working. So he calls me at, like, 11, and he's like, what are you doing right now? 
a.m. And I was like, in my pajamas. I was like watching TV. And he's like, do you want to have lunch? And I was like, is this the start of the date? Because I am not showered and not prepared to go on a date right now. <laughs> and he's like, no, let's just have lunch. And so we went out to lunch. And at lunch, we like laid our whole life out. Like, where do you want to live? How many children do you want to have? Where, like, what jobs do you want? What are your ambitions? What are, like, do you have student debt? Do you have, I mean, like, every, like, you know, do you want, if, if we have children, do you want me to raise them without working? Do you want me to work? Do you want, like, are you willing to have babysitter? Like, we, I mean, like, we went through, like, the literal gambit of every single question that I firmly believe you should ever ask, like, and talk about before you, certainly before you get married or something like that, but really before you enter into any. And, like, so important because had any of those answers been like, oh, no, I don't want to have children, then we would have just stayed friends because what's the point? Yeah. You know, or, or if any of those answers were like, oh, I really want to move to, like, small town Nebraska, I would have been like, well, that's great for you. And, like, I will perhaps one day visit you there, <laughs> but I will not be living in small town Nebraska. So um, I am a thousand percent with you. I think people should be. Uh, just more nosy about the people that they are willing to put like penises in their mouths or vaginas in their mouths. Yeah. It's like, you should be uh, willing to, uh, you know, like ask him, you know, Hey, do you want me to be here forever? <laughs> hey, Hey, do you like your job? Like those should seem like questions that are okay. If you're willing to have their private parts on your face. Also like or in your, Hey, or in your body. Hey, will you be my girlfriend? Like, Yeah. That seems People like don't that should ask. be I, I I always tell, I remember my partner now, like, um, he said something. I was like, oh, no, I'm going on a date. He's like, what do you mean you're going on a date? We're da- Like, we're dating. I was like, I'm not your girlfriend. He was like, uh, well, we've been on so many dates. I was like, did you ask me? Then, dude, I ain't your girlfriend. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I always thought that was crazy when, like, I would be around friends or friends of friends who were like, oh, yeah, like, this is so-and-so. And And you're kind of like, cool, like, trying to figure out, like, are they... And they, like, need, like, they don't say, like, oh, this is my person. I brought them here. Or this is my girlfriend. Or this is my whomever. Yeah. I always think that's so weird. Because I'm like, if you're not willing to claim me, then what are we... Then what are we doing? And why am I meeting (laughs) your people? Like, I met his parents, my husband's parents, a week after we officially started. We, that day, we went on our date, our our first date. The next day, boyfriend and girlfriend, he was like, I want you to be my girlfriend. Lock that shit down. Met his parents a week later. Like, he was like, I've got you now. I'm not letting you (laughs) go. He was not letting you go, Bridget. He was like, locked and loaded. (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, married me, like, a year and a half later. Like, knocked me up. Um, just kidding. We we did it on purpose. But technically, he did knock me up. So, I am with you. You better ask. You better tell me in no uncertain terms. I am going to tell you in no uncertain terms. Because I've had people in the reverse who I was like, yo, like, we've been dating now for, like, a month. It's going pretty good. Like, I would like to be dating you exclusively. I would like to be doing that thing. Yeah. And I've had people who are like, that's dope. Let's do that. And I've had people who are like, I don't want to date exclusively. And I'm, and that, and like in either direction, that's fine. But like, I need to, I need to know that. So like that needs to be like, I don't want to, yeah, keep being ambiguous. So Shawnee, what was your favorite review? Tell me, tell the people. So my favorite review, I kind of um, paraphrased it. I didn't keep um, everything that she wrote, 
but it comes from Stephanie on Goodreads. It says, okay. I have to admit that I wanted to like this book much more than I actually did. The synopsis sounded cute, and I liked that there was a diverse cast. I was looking forward to some fun and family dynamics between the brothers as well. Unfortunately, I found everything that happened really lackluster. I wasn't very impressed with the writing, though it did get better as it went on. The first couple chapters were extremely heavy on the internal monologues that set up the story and was massive info dump of characters and circumstances. I would have liked to have seen things start out a little more naturally and get to know the characters in a more authentic way. After two chapters, I almost decided to DNF, which I'm assuming means uh, do not finish. Do not finish. It since mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't take a whole book written in this way. However, I kept reading and it got a little better. Overall, Roman Knit left me underwhelmed. I really wanted to like it, but poor character development and writing style didn't connect with and poor writing style I didn't connect with kept me from really enjoying it. There were a few funny moments or cute moments, but they were few and far between to make up for the rest of the story. While the book wasn't for me, I'm sure there will be some others that can overlook these issues and will enjoy the romance. And that's kind of, that sums up how I felt. Like, yeah, this book wasn't for me. However, I do think that there is an audience that would like this, but I think that they would, you know, I the books I read when I was a bit more of an immature reader, and by immature I mean younger, um, and at this point I've read so many books, I'm hype, I'm very picky about what I, re- I like. Um, mm-hmm. But this book would have flown for me when I was 17. I would have thought like, oh, mm. this is so cute, you know, or whatever, mm. or 16 or 17. So I just think she's in the, I think she has some growth to do as an author, but also pick the right category. You know, you might not be a romance author. Mm. You might be, you know, a fiction or a young adult romance author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my review is from Bethany on Goodreads. She gave it two stars. Um, she said, I really wanted to love this one. Some great things in there ultimately felt a bit fell a bit flat. Uh, in a nutshell, this first book had too much telling rather than showing, and a hero I just wasn't rooting for. And you know, it sums it up. Yep, it sums it up for I'm me. Accurate. So thank you for that review, Bethany. Uh, what do you think, Shani? Worth the read? Not for me. Like I, I again, if you're a young adult, then yes. It's worth the read. It would be cute for somebody who is younger. However, for an advanced romance reader who wants some sexiness in their books and that sort of thing, then I would say no. It's not worth the read. It it was frustrating. Yeah, if you're expecting this to be a romance, don't read it. If you are interested in the community and familial aspect, uh, I could see where you would like this book. Uh, quite honestly, if we weren't reviewing this for the podcast, I would definitely not have finished this book um i really struggled to get through the first four or five chapters um i had to restart i think i told you i had to restart the first page like four or five times um and i was trying to figure out before i talked to you i was like is this a like maybe it's just like a like a way of speaking that I'm just not used to. I have to get into the flow of it. And I was talking to you and I was like, Oh, maybe I wonder if it's just me or if Shawnee has the same, um, problem. Not that obviously you're from Harlem nor have lived there ever, but, uh, yeah, it was just, um, unfortunately, uh, not what I was hoping for, but I did give it two stars. 
If it was in a different genre, I might have given it three, uh, perhaps. Um, but because because I was expecting romance, it was a two-star for me. Yeah, I, I said the same thing. One, I had to restart the book a couple times as well. I think I rewound it mm. probably like five times. Um, mm. And uh, I also gave it a two stars. And I said if it were a different genre, I probably would have given it three as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes. Shani, I am so impressed that we are giving the exact same scores across the board. I know, today. it's crazy because we don't talk about that this ahead of time. Almost, that almost never happens. Uh, we, except for like maybe like John Matthew and Zach's where we were like five star, five star, five yeah. star. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't feel like we typically are. Uh, ex- I mean, usually it's like one of our heroines or heroes are higher or like one of us will rate the book higher or lower. Yeah, we rarely We're agree. across the board today. Of course. Yeah. Across the board. And we and we uh listeners, we don't talk about the book until At we all. get on the podcast. If one of us it's even so pretends to start talking about it, we're like, no, 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 no. Save it for the podcast. Save it. So, Save it. so we don't coordinate our answers at all. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, I'm actually, I'm like shocked. I'm like, oh my God, do we agree on everything? Our hero, heroine, and the rating of we the did. book. <laughs> it's a whole new podcast, everyone. It's a whole new day. It's a whole new day. It's a whole day. new world. <laughs> but I've I, been watching a lot of Disney I, in quarantine. I saw on your stories. <laughs> First of all, what you said about the Beast, I agree. So Bridget the other day said, wasn't the Beast in Beauty and the Beast hotter as a Beast than he was as a man? And absolutely, like, seven-year-old yes. Shawnee, when he transformed, was like, ugh, bring back the Beast. I was okay, disgusted. I was so furious. He was, he, the Beast was one of my first, like, crushes. Beast was hot. It, it, as, hot. A, as a kid. And it's, it's funny because, like, in Kingdom considered a primal, which t- makes total sense because I had a cr- crush on the Beast. I had a crush on the sense. Undertaker in WWF. And I had a crush on Tarzan. So Tarzan. <laughs> the fucking Simba. <laughs> Aladdin. Aladdin's not primal, but I always liked either the funny ones or essentially the animal characters. I like the, the animalistic energy of it, and it's never changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, dear listeners, until next time, may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.